Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the 1001 Experience. I am your host, Christine. If you are new here, welcome. I'm so happy and honored to have you. If you are returning, you know I effort you the long way. If you have recommended this podcast to people, if you have sent a love offering, um, if you have shared, like, subscribed on any of the podcast places, you know, I F with you the super long way. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. I feel like it's going to be long because there was something that I was already planning to talk about, but then things happened. <laughs> and of course, I see a correlation between what I was going to talk about and the things that have happened. So, um... Yeah, I want to talk about all of that. So there's a very good chance that this will be a very long episode. If it is a long episode, I'm probably going to um, divide it up in some way. I haven't decided yet. So (laughs) we'll see. Now, before I go to sharing my thoughts or my feelings, because I have thoughts. Okay, I have plenty of thoughts. But before I start to share any of those thoughts, let me just say, okay, if you know me personally, because some of y'all know me, like some of y'all um, have been around me in real life, some of y'all have seen how I operate in real life, let me get my shit off, okay? Like, I'm reformed, I'm reformed, okay? So... Let me get my shit off. I'm just giving y'all, you know, when I come on this podcast, I share what the most high has put on my heart to share. And, you know, I'm still me at the end of the day, of course. So, like, if you know me, don't try to pull my card. Don't do the whole, oh, this you? Like, yes, okay? But that's not what we're talking about right now. So, let me talk my shit, okay? I'm reformed. And especially for... You people, let me take my glasses off. <clears throat> for those of y'all who, for one reason or another, have decided that speaking to me is not in your best interest, but you still decide to tune in to the podcast because you really like to hear my voice and you really like to still get a dose of my energy in some way, but you think that you're punishing me for not speaking to me, I love you. Um... But stay over there, beloved. Please, please. Now is not the time for you to express anything to me. Okay? Not on this topic. Really not on anything. If I'm being 100% honest about how I feel. But more specifically, just because you know me and you know my body, that does not mean that you can pull that card as it relates to this podcast and we're going to talk about. Okay? Okay. So, now that that's out the way, um, we got to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. Uh, uh, y'all. <laughs> it just feels so icky. I don't want to talk about it, but y'all have to... Um, So let me start here. 
okay? And this is the main point that I want to emphasize. It is the main thing that I think is important that we explore together and um, that I highlight is energy, okay? Like, I know energy is a buzzword, and I know that um, for a lot of people, like, they hear it and they just kind of dismiss whatever is being talked about. But as I have said on this podcast before, everything is energy. The reason that you can hear me is because of vibrations and frequencies, right? The reason you can see things, the reason we see things in color is because of vibration and frequency, okay? Energy is real. And so it's so important to understand that underneath everything that is seen, everything that is tangible, there is energy that underlies it, okay? So there's that. And I don't even know. I don't even know where to start, y'all. I'm going to stay on energy. I'm going to stay on energy for a little bit. So what I really thought was important to talk about before this, um, this incident, <laughs> the altercation um, occurred, was just the idea of, um, matching somebody's energy, okay, and this idea that, oh, that is why, look at God, that is why, um, spirit put it on my heart to address specific people, because y'all know I'm very private, I keep my business to myself, right, but that is why spirit brought that to my attention in this here podcast, uh, (laughs) episode, But people think that um, in response to something that you don't like, that matching someone's energy is a valid response. And not only is it invalid, but it's impossible. It is literally impossible because, and I'm going to tell you why. A lot of times when we we look at the behavior, we look at what we can see, we look at um, the response or a symptom of something, or we look at like the downstream impact of something, right? But we're ignoring where it originates from. We're ignoring the root. And when someone engages in a certain behavior, when someone does something, it's originates from within them that energy is unique and organic to them so no matter what the behavior looks like at face value that energy it's a it's a unique energy signature it's a unique mixture of that person who they are what they are what they've experienced how they have allowed those experiences to influence them and their personality and their behavior moving forward right? A very unique blend. So even though it may culminate in um, them responding to you a certain way or not, when you try to match their energy, you're just mimicking. You're mimicking what you see, but there's no way for you being who you are 
and having your experiences and the way that those experiences have impacted you, there is no way for you to be an exact match to that other person. Okay, so you may perceive somebody as being rude and cold. And so in an attempt to match their energy, you perform being rude and cold. But at the end of the day, the energy doesn't match. There's a behavior that looks similar, but it's not a match. You can never match somebody else's energy. Never. It's impossible. Okay. And I highlight that because... So many times people ignore where something is coming from and you cannot separate behavior from where it comes from, where it originates from. And I feel like this is something that we are going to revisit time and time again in some capacity because I say this to my friends, I say this to my loved ones, I say this to myself, I say this in therapy, I say this to clients that I do readings for. You cannot ignore the root of something, okay? So when you be out here trying to match somebody's energy, you're abandoning self in that moment, okay? Nothing can ever be authentic if you abandon yourself. You have to be at home within yourself, in your body, in order to be authentic, And the problem is that y'all be letting stuff get you out your body and then arguing and debating the behavior. And this is is why I said y'all can't, don't try to pull my card because I don't have opinions on behavior. It's not a good, maybe this is the social worker in me, the therapist in me that says there's no good or bad, it's just information. Right. But it the actual behavior is irrelevant. It's the energy that underlies it. Were you coming from an authentic place or not? Nah? Were you embodied or not? Nah? And that's the part that needs to be addressed. Once you address that. Whatever the downstream behavior is, it is what it is. But there will always be some discomfort, some dis-ease, some disruption that comes from behaving and operating in a manner that is inauthentic. Okay? So, with that being said, I don't even want to say these people's names, yo. I feel like... (laughs) I feel like these names have been said so much in the past three, four days. It's ridiculous. But, so, somebody slapped somebody for something. (laughs) We'll say that. Somebody slapped somebody for something. And y'all just been arguing about it ever since. It's crazy. Some people that, the majority of the people having a conversation about the incident don't even know, don't even have relationships with, have literally been arguing about it since it happened. And that is fucking crazy to me. Which is why I did not want to discuss it. But I feel like it's such a poignant example of the idea of underlying energy. Okay? And this goes back to what I was saying um, 
about the Travis Scott situation and be careful what you conjure. I don't know what episode number it is, but go back and listen to it. And I talked about being able to read the energy. I want y'all to practice reading the energy of something, okay? And a lot of times our own narratives and our own projections get in the way of being able to read the energy of something. But in this case, like, the energy is so um, spicy. (laughs) No, but it's like, there are lessons here. There are lessons here. And um, it's interesting because... Um, I, like I said, if you know me, you know me, okay? (laughs) But at the same time, I can look at that situation and without saying there's a right or wrong or everybody's wrong, but that's neither here nor there, um, the energy of it all, I feel sad that that energy is on display. And when I say energy, I'm not talking about aggression. That's a behavior. We're not talking about that. That's completely separate from what's underlying that behavior. And what's underlying it is trauma. It's just trauma. And even if we did not have information about people's history and their family and witnessing um, domestic violence and how this impacted their sense of self and all of these things. Even if we did not have any of that information, this is how I'm going to tell you. This is how you read energy. Even if you can't look at the situation for itself and get past your own projections and your own narrative, you know a tree by its fruits. And you know that trauma is underlying this because it universally activated other people's trauma. Ain't that crazy? When you think about it, like you have some people arguing about black women being protected and you have black women relishing in the idea of someone standing up and defending them no matter the consequences or how anybody feels about it, who sees it, whatever. Because... Black women have gone without that for so long that aside from anything else that's going on, all they can latch on to is the idea of being protected. And then if anybody responds to that situation um, without affirming the aggression, the physical aggression that occurred... It feels to that black woman who is who is looking at it through that lens, it feels like they're being told they don't deserve to be protected, right? And so we see that interaction happening. Another tra- trauma response that we see is people looking at it and saying, your aggression makes me feel unsafe, whether I'm there or not, whether it was directed at me or not. That interaction makes me feel unsafe, so I don't like it. Right? Then you have people who have worked really hard for things. 
and have struggled for things and have worked to kind of conform and mold themselves so that they can eat, so that they can feed their family, so that they can do what they love, looking at this situation terrified at the idea of someone else doing something that could snatch that away from them, right? So it's like, oh my goodness, you did this there, you did this in front of these people, People are going to lose opportunities, but that's their own fear of like, hold up, wait a minute, I did everything that I was supposed to do, I'm trying to get there, you over there acting up, you about to fuck it up for me, that's that's what's happening, no matter how aware of it they are, that's the, the narrative that's happening, right? And so... From this act that occurred in front of everybody around the world, right? I'm not going to say everybody, but internationally, was viewed internationally. So many people's trauma was activated. And that's how you can tell that someone was behaving um, within their own trauma. Okay? You got to learn how to read the energy. And so this is why... For me, I always tell people when I'm in sessions, if you don't want to respond from that place, the key, the first step, well, the precursor is to be as regulated as possible at all times, right? (laughs) So make sure you're getting sleep, make sure you're eating, make sure you're taking care of your body, make sure you're praying, make sure you're meditating, right? All these things, make sure you're grounded. Make sure you have a healthy relationship with naming and processing emotions, Right. These are the things that you need. These are the tools that you need to be um, regulated. Make sure spiritually you're clear. You have clear spiritual practices that you engage in to fortify that part of yourself. Right. Make sure you're as regulated as possible at baseline. Right. If something happens that pushes you off of that baseline. You do not react in that moment, okay? And this is why I say the behavior itself doesn't matter because you can go regulate and still feel like, nah, I need to smack them. (laughs) And if that's the conclusion you come to after you've regulated and you've processed everything and you've looked at the possible consequences and the impact of all of these things and you say, nah, you know, a smack is warranted here. Like, (laughs) if you do that from a grounded and authentic place, then A, do your thing. Do your thing. You feel me? But so many times that act comes in the moment as a trauma response. And it's always going to have problems associated with it. Always. Every single time. And so the first step, before you even decide, should I do this, should I do that? Should I say this? Should I say that? It's to regulate. Get yourself back in your body. And that's the thing about trauma. Trauma separates you and makes you believe that you are separate from, one, it separates you from your body. And then it also separates you from the whole or makes you believe that you are separated from the whole, right? And so you have to learn, one, to recognize what it feels like and how you behave and what your mind says and does when you are embodied 
and learn how to recognize when that embodiment is tainted, right? When as you're embodied, you take on things that do not belong to you or do not belong there. And then also when you leave your body in response to something else that's going on. And when you learn to recognize that, especially when you learn to recognize that on a subtle level, right? We do this in therapy. I do this with kids all the time. Everybody knows what their anger feels like at an 8, 9, 10. What do your anger feel like at a 2? Right? And if you could take some deep breaths when you're at a 2, of course it's not going to work when you're at an 8 or 9. But if you can take the deep breath when you're at a 2, maybe you could calm down. Maybe you could think it through. Same thing, Right? Learn how to recognize the subtle differences in your body when you're starting to become disembodied or when you're starting to take on things that are inauthentic to you. And then get back in your body. Get back with yourself. Don't abandon yourself. Get back with yourself. Ground yourself. Regulate yourself. And then that is when you make decisions. And that is when you act. That's the difference. And it's interesting, and this goes back to what I say about underlying energy, right? Because people look at the behavior. This That process can happen in an instant. We don't know. Everybody's different. If you have practice, you can do it right there in the moment, right? Other people may need to go and take a moment to themselves to figure it out. Some people practice it so much in so many different settings that in any interaction at any place, they can do it in an instant. Because they recognize when they're getting out their body and they can get back in. They have the tools, they have the strategies that they practice. But so many people look at the behavior and they think that the answer is to wait and to take some time to yourself, wait till you go backstage, do this, do that, whatever, whatever. Because the underlying energy is to regulate yourself and to get back in your body. And because so many people are dysregulated, and unwell that it that they need to do that they need to separate themselves they need to wait a certain amount of time they need to get away from people in order to regulate in order to make a decision that is authentic to themselves and so that's why you get people saying oh no you should have did this 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 and that but what they're really saying is regulate the underlying energy get back in your body that's a trauma response babe you bugging out. That's a trauma response. Get back in your body. Regulate. I'm not going to say calm down. That's another thing. When people tell you to calm down, there's a difference between telling someone to calm down and telling someone to regulate themselves so that the part of their brain that um, can problem solve can come back online, right? That's what happens on the physical. Energetically, you're getting back in your body. You're realigning with your own home energy, your own home frequency, as Miriam Hasna calls it, right? I love her. I talk about her. I think I talk about her in every episode. I've learned so much from... <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Follow her. I talk about her all the time. Follow her. Utilize all of her offerings, whether they're free or paid. If you can, utilize them. Great teaching. Um, but yeah, get back in your body. It's not about calming down or not, because you can perform being calm. And this is what I mean about the behavior, and you can't fake energy. People can perform being calm. People can perform um, being rational, right? You learn how to put the mask on. 
And because you learn what it looks like behaviorally and you learn what it looks like from the outside looking in, you puppet it, you mimic it, right? But the energy is off and it's always going to feel icky when the energy is off. It's never going to feel like the right decision. You're never going to be able to be settled in it because it was inauthentic from the beginning. And this goes for everything. I'm speaking in terms of that particular incident. But this is everything. When you find yourself trying to figure out what you should do with someone or something, when you find yourself um, struggling with decisions, if you got a little bit of a temper, if you're somebody who has a temper, right? Me. <laughs> or had. I'm reformed. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a temper anymore. I'm reformed. I'm calm. I'm regulated. Amen. Um, <clears throat> but no, practice this. Practice getting back in your body to the point where um, you're not necessarily caring about the action. You're more focused on, is it authentic? Who am I? Who am I? And what do I need right now in this moment? What is needed? And what is the most authentic and efficient way of having that need met? That's another thing. I didn't plan on talking about this. But when people say, um, uh, like, in terms of getting your needs met, right? Um, when people say you have to love yourself first or you have to value yourself first and all of that type of things. Basically tending to yourself and reparenting yourself. This is another example of when you're mimicking something and parenting, parenting, not parenting, parenting something, right? Because... Um, <clears throat> hold on. Because the, the goal, like I said, is to find the most authentic and efficient way of getting something done, okay? And because so many of us are isolated from other people, from safe spaces, from um, other people who are embodied and authentic and regulated, a lot of times the most efficient way of getting a need met is to do it for yourself. But that does not mean that the answer is always doing something for yourself. You understand? But you can't determine that if you don't know how to be embodied and how to recognize what's authentic, how to name your needs, how to scan the energy of something. These are skills you have to have. Because sometimes you may need, what you really need is affection. Sometimes a weighted blanket will give that to you, but it doesn't do the same as somebody who loves you and values you giving you a hug. And you may use a weighted blanket for now, but what you really need as a human being, as a social creature, is to find places and find people 
that are safe, authentic, embodied, and regulated who can give you that hug when you need it. But for right now, the most efficient thing to do is get the weighted blanket, right? So yeah, I've gotten off topic. (laughs) It's so crazy because I know that I have a lot of thoughts on this thing that I have not stated, but um, I don't take notes, y'all. I be like, I be jotting certain stuff down. Like, okay, this is a topic I want to touch on, and then when I talk on it, I want to make sure I touch, I hit this, this, and that. And in terms of like the energy part of it, I definitely hit that, but <laughs> but there was more that I wanted to say about that situation, and I cannot remember what it was. It was something else. I talked about trauma. I talked about projections. I talked about narrative. I talked about energy. Ah. Okay. Now, this is the part that I want to be very delicate with. And the reason that I want to be delicate is because I believe that every individual is responsible for their own behavior, for their own action and inaction. I believe that every individual can access autonomy um, at any point in time, okay? However, I must say, again, energy, energy, as, I'll start here, right, a therapist, okay, and part of, a big part of my intervention, a big part of the impact that I have on my clients is our relationship and the fact that I I do my best to be regulated and authentic whenever I'm dealing with them so that they know they can let me let me be a little bit more specific. So specifically doing school-based therapy with kids, right? A lot of times you get caught for crises and to de-escalate a crisis. And you don't necessarily have to have a relationship to de-escalate, but it helps. And one of those reasons is because those kids know that they can hear me and they can trust me and they can trust my guidance, right? So when I come, I'm usually not going to turn them up more. If they're already to that point, if they're already peaking, then, you know, I'm not going to escalate them more. I'm not going to encourage them to be on some bullshit. Now, I'm also not responsible if the little homie go running down the hall, ripping stuff down the hall, right? I'm not responsible for that. They make their own decision. But part of me as a a party who's coming in to de-escalate is the fact that I know I have a relationship with this person. I know how I can tune into this, this person and guide them through regulation, right? So that way we can find out what their need is and how can we resolve it, okay? And so I say that to say, as people in relationship with other people, 
we should strive to support authenticity and regulation, okay? And it's hard because we all have our stuff that we come with. But I want, like, when my my babies get upset, when they call their mother, I want them to know that they're seen and that they're heard and they ain't gotta, they don't have to act out. I want them to be able to get back in their body and then be able to make decisions once they're embodied, right? When the people that I have close personal relationships with reach out to me or when I see them kind of slipping and acting up, I want uh, to be that person that is able to guide them back to themselves, okay? Now, are there times where something happens that I don't like and if I tell somebody else and they're like, oh, no, we got to handle that, there are times if I am not in the best place, I might let you do it. Uh, but that comes from me being dysregulated right that comes from me being in a narrative that is informed um and influenced by my trauma and my experiences right and a persona persona that is not authentic on a soul level excuse me but the goal is really to allow is to hold the space for your loved ones to go through that process. And I would have to do some self-reflection if I noticed that how I'm showing up, um, what's the word I want to use? If I'm showing up and the space that I create when I show up is one, that promotes disembodiment and inauthenticity. Okay? I, I would I would have to reflect on that. Me personally. And I would encourage everyone to hold themselves in that regard. Again, you're not responsible for somebody else's behavior. But the person that I am on today... let me be clear beloved who I am today and the person that I see myself being a week from now a year from now 10 years from now I I would be uncomfortable knowing that when I'm co-creating space with somebody and I'm holding space with somebody that they are comfortable with behaving from a disembodied and authentic place. I would not like that. And that would be something I got to figure out. What is it with me? What am I carrying with me? How am I showing up that promotes that environment? Right? And that's why I bring up de-escalation. Because a big part of de-escalation and helping a child regulate is being regulated. This is why we always tell people you cannot regulate a child by yelling at them um, and being dysregulated yourself. It doesn't happen by engaging with an energy that way. This is why I talk about matching energy. It doesn't work. It does not work, right? Even if, and you know what's interesting? 
it goes back to underlying energy. I'm going to go back on what I just said a little bit, just a tiny bit, right? Because when I say it doesn't work, I'm speaking of being dysregulated. Whereas sometimes we prescribe behavior. Like sometimes what we would do, my, my youngest child is a crier. Very sensitive. I love my baby so much. Very sensitive and is a crier. And there will be times where my baby will whine and cry for no reason. Well, let me not say for no reason. Because somewhere deep down there was a reason for her. But there was whining and crying. And the way that we would get her attention would be to cry with her. Like make the wailing noise with her, right? And she would stop and look like, what are y'all doing? (laughs) So the reason that that would interrupt her behavior is not because I'm dysregulated and crying, even though I'm performing crying. My underlying energy is, what are you even doing right now? Look at what you're doing right now. Be mindful of what you're doing right now. And so with that being my underlying energy, when I when I exaggerate her behavior back to and reflect that back to her it immediately puts her in the energy of, and this is my baby right we've shared a body so our connection is different our relationship is different but it immediately puts her in a, in a what are you doing and why are you doing that immediately that's where her mind went to she doesn't keep she has never there has been no point in time that I have used that strategy and she did not immediately stop and be like, what? <laughs> Sometimes that what came across like, yo, I'm really sad right now. Don't do that. Right. But even that I can deal with that. I love the fact that my kids can verbalize and label their emotions to me, <clears throat> but it immediately puts her in a place where she's like reflecting like, on what is even happening right now. And then once she does that, now that I know that her mind is operating in that way, I can I can keep her on that train, right? Where we can think about, okay, how are you feeling? Use your words to tell me how you're feeling and what you need right now. And it goes back to the idea of what you're performing behavior-wise and what the underlying energy is. Because when you're dysregulated because a kid is upset and you respond by yelling and fussing and saying, well, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this, I could do that. And that kid is already mad. If your energy is all over the place, they're going to stay all over the place. And so this makes me think, if we think about to this, this situation that happened, it makes me think about what type of energy that comedian was on, right? Like, and then even, <clears throat> excuse me, And then even beyond that, like, what type of, because I've talked about being regulated, right? And your baseline being uh, low, right? Like, if your baseline activation is low, it's much, much easier to regulate when there's some type of disruption. And I would imagine that this is a very tense moment, right? Like, you think you're going to win this really, really big award. I'm sitting right here front and center. Um, 
I may or may not have a whole bunch of internal stuff going on that I may or may not be really working on. I may be like performing the work, but not really doing the, the deeper healing work that needs to happen. And I'm sitting here in this high pressure situation, right? So there's that happening on one side. But it makes me wonder how the comedian is feeling in this high pressure situation. And again, even if, <clears throat> even if we don't know anything about like history, right? And how this person, I mean, a lot of y'all may not know, but you know, I listen to interviews and shit like that about how this person has um, interacted socially with other people throughout their life and how that has gone well or has not gone well for them, right? Where they have strengths and where they have challenges in that area. But now I have to host something, <laughs> right? And like I may or may not have beef with this person that's right in front of me, right? I, not even beef. I mean, there may be some friction here, some existing friction here, right? <clears throat> Whether it's with me or just in general, I may just know that this person has friction, right? Um, what type of energy are you on? What type of energy are you on for real? Because like I said, you know, a tree by its fruit, right? And it's interesting because um, even the reaction to it, like, it tells me something about what's going on in that comedian's mind and in that comedian's body. I'm not going to speculate too much about it but it tells you something it definitely tells you something and I would encourage you guys to think about it and from an energetic perspective and not necessarily um what you know or you don't know um it's just kind of reading the energy of it that's gonna be y'all homework I'm giving y'all homework this podcast it's like a therapy session <laughs> It's like you got a reading and you got some aftercare instructions. So the instructions are to kind of go back and and scan the energy that the comedian was on from when they came out, when they're telling these jokes, when the physical altercation happens, and then there's verbal altercation afterwards, and then everything that followed after that, right? Um, think about it a little bit and just scan the energy and and then come back and tell me what you think about the energy that was um, present in that moment okay so I think that um, oh no that was that was, see, <laughs> this is why notes be coming in handy. I just had to scan my little bullet points to see if I touched on everything. I have been telling y'all for, what is this, about to be April? I've been telling y'all for like the last five or six months um, the importance of getting away from vices because they are getting you out of your body and your instrument needs to be tuned. Your instrument needs to be right. 
And this is what I mean about being in your body, okay? A lot of these vices lead to disembodiment, right? There are the ones that we can see um, very clearly, right, in your body and in your mind. We can see that drinking and smoking and drugs and um, overeating or undereating, any of these things, um, staying up all night, sleeping all day, we can see the evidence of them when we look at you, right? Like over time, if you continue, not even, let me not even say that, not even over time. If you stay up all night, the next day, people can tell that you stayed up all night, right? If you've been in the bed all day, if you've been in the bed asleep, people can tell that you've been asleep, right? If you drunk, if you high, people can tell, right? And then over time, there's a cumulative effect, okay? And we can see what it does to your body, okay? And we can tell from your behavior when you're engaged with this device and when you're not engaged with this device that it, there's a, a deviation, okay? But all of the vices, gossip, minding other people's business, not staying on your spiritual health, right? Not prioritizing your physical health, um, shopping and overspending, um, taking in a whole bunch of content that really doesn't feed you on a soul level, taking all that stuff in. Um, it disembodies you, it gets you out your body, and then you're in a place where you can't scan the energy of a situation, right? It gets you in a place where you don't even know yourself. You don't even know yourself. And that's another, this is why I say this is going to be a different conversation, because I'm probably going to record these together, but I'm going to separate them. But it's about knowing yourself. And knowing who you are and what you need. You don't even know that you're disembodied because you haven't even given yourself, you have not even had the opportunity to know who you are, how you feel, what your frequency is. <laughs> you don't even know your frequency. So you are so used to being out of tune, to being disembodied, that that feels like the normal. That feels like the natural. And so when you are, mm, I'm preaching. <laughs> so when you are embodied, that feels so uncomfortable. It's, it's a, such a weird thing. It's like it feels good, but it also feels uncomfortable. You like it there. It feels like home there, but it requires something of you. And because being embodied requires discipline, requires obedience, and being disembodied gives a lot more of the instant gratification, you've been trained and socialized and even rewarded for being disembodied. That's why when you tell people to put down vices, people react. When you tell people to quit smoking and quit drinking, when you tell people to fast, tell people to stay away from fast food, tell people to drink more water, right? Tell people to take care of their body, exercise. And this ain't this ain't no body shaming. This ain't no fat phobia or none of that. Because I know a lot of people who take very good care of their bodies and they, they not little. That's not what we talking about. 
again, mimicry. There's a lot of people who may look more fit when you look at them, but the energy ain't there. They don't have the relationship with their body. They're not giving their body what the body needs because they don't know they disembodied. They're inauthentic. They don't know. They don't know what their body needs. They just know what they're told and they know what it should look like on the outside. So they strive for that. They strive for that instead of being attuned with their own instrument, with their own vessel. And so they're performing and they're mimicking and the underlying energy is trash. That's how you have people who are very fit and their health is terrible. You have people who are not fit but are in great health. And everything in between of those polarities because of whether or not you're embodied and attuned to your own authentic energy, your own home frequency, okay? So I'm going to remind y'all, please. And then this is the other part of it, right? This is universal law. When you're attuned, when you're in your home frequency, the things that are for you are there, okay? The, the things that the Most High has for you your destiny is on your home frequency, right? And so if you don't get aligned with your home frequency, you're not going to connect to your destiny. There may be times where you can mimic your home frequency and you may get a glimpse. I'm preaching. <laughs> you may get a glimpse of your destiny. Because um, you you mimicked it just good enough that you might have slipped into it. You might have slipped in the pocket. And when you slipped into the pocket, you got a glimpse of what it's like, right? But if you don't stay there, if you don't really get in tune so that you can be there consistently, it'll it'll stay out of reach. Or you might get things that mimic your destiny, but they come with a whole lot of bullshit. Hello? It can, oh my God. <laughs> Listen, if you made it this far in the podcast, you are getting a word, you hear me? But for real, that's what happens when you mimic. You might get a glimpse of something that looks like something else, but that ain't really it. You know a tree by its fruit. If it's part of your destiny, it'll stay. If it's for you, it will feel good and the outcome and the downstream impact will be good. Right? You will not have to betray or contort or abandon yourself in order to have or maintain something. Okay? That is how you know. That's how you know. And this is why being able to be attuned is important because do you want to have to wait for the downstream impact of something in order to know if you made the right decision? Or do you want to be mindful enough of your home frequency and what it's like to be embodied and authentic so that when you make the decision, you know what space you were in, you know where it came from, so you know it's right. So you don't even got to wait 
for five, ten years down the line, months down the line. You ain't even got to wait for nobody's response, right? Because you know from where you were at that you made the right decision. Because it'll show its face, right? I've been saying all the time, nobody believes it till it happens. <laughs> it always sounds crazy until it happens. But if you're that person, if you know how to attune yourself and get yourself um, and stay in your home frequency, that's another thing. I'm preaching universal law right now. If you know, you know, okay? But energy is always moving. Energy is always in motion. So it's not like you find your home frequency and then you just sit there. It is a constant effort, constant attention to maintain your home frequency, right? That's why we talk about discipline, right? Because you don't clean your house once. You can have somebody come and clean your house and that should be bomb. You got to keep cleaning your house. Your energy is the same way. You can work out one day and it may feel really, really good. But to get the maximum effects of exercise, you got to do that consistently. You could drink a little bit of water, right? <laughs> and your body will be like, oh, yes, I love water. But it's consistently consuming the proper amount of water that helps, right? Energy is always in motion. You have to stay in your home frequency. And when you learn how to stay in your home frequency, you cannot learn that if you're constantly indulging in vices, okay? And that shift, initially, that shift from being disembodied to being embodied is going to be disorienting because we are so, um, like I said, we are trained, we're socialized, and we're rewarded for being disembodied. That when you're embodied, there's a whole bunch of um, things that may happen immediately that will look like you did the wrong thing. That's why you can't look outside. You have to be attuned, okay? You have to know. Because if you're going to wait for the downstream impact, there's going to be a whole lot of discomfort in the middle. That's unnecessary. Oh, this is crazy. Part of it is because, like, I'm preaching to myself. I ain't even going to lie. <laughs> but there's a, a lot of things wrapped up in it. But, yeah, you won't be real uncomfortable. And this is why I was meditating. I'm all over the place. Stay with me. But I was meditating on this the other day. I had a dream and I wasn't like, I could see a lot of the surface stuff in the dream, but I knew that there was something more, that there was something more that my higher self was trying to orient me to. And so I had went through my own dream interpretation process <laughs> for myself. And the message that I got was to wait joyously. Right? There may be things that you know are coming downstream. There may be things that you know are a part of your destiny that are in store for you, that are making their way to you. And it will come in divine time. But what you don't do, it's like, imagine, this, is, this wasn't the exact dream I had, but it was similar to this, right? Like, imagine you are in the kitchen and you cooking up a meal for somebody that you love from scratch and you working hard to get it just right. You want to make sure it's perfect because you love them and you want them to enjoy this meal. And they come down and they're like, 
um, is dinner ready? They're like, no, it's going to take a little while, but I promise you, you're going to love it. I'm making your favorite. I want to get it just perfect. And they said, oh, okay, cool. I'll just go wait. And then from your perspective, they're waiting patiently. But then, and they come downstairs, they eat it, they love it. It's the greatest meal ever. Thank you so much for making this, whatever, whatever. And then you get a glimpse of their phone. They don't left their phone out. And you see they on Twitter tweet, excuse me, tweeting away. This bum ass motherfucker, like they taking all long. Who takes this long to cook? This is ridiculous. It don't take this long to make no da 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 And it better be good because the last time you made something, I didn't even like it. I don't got, I'm hungry. You just going to leave me here starving? You would feel away. You would feel terrible. Because you know where you were coming from, putting all that time and effort into that meal. And from what you saw, the person was grateful for it. But throughout the process, they was talking that shit. Treat the universe the same way. Treat God the same way. When God tells you that something is for you, that this is your destiny that is coming... You wait joyously because you know God has shown you, your ancestors have shown you, your higher self has shown you, your spirit guides have shown you. Now we got you, beloved. We got you. So when you're attuned and when you make a decision from the authentic place, I done told you what was going to happen. We got you. So if, if, you allow yourself to be disembodied or if you allow yourself to be swayed from the environmental factors that want you to go back to being disembodied. And so now you're waiting anxiously, right? You're waiting doubtfully, okay? You're waiting impatiently. You're waiting um, You're waiting with uh, disdain, right? You're waiting with disappointment. You're waiting with frustration because you're allowing everything external that wants you to be disembodied to, to alter your perspective of what it feels like to be embodied. And so now you can't even fully reap the rewards and the benefits and the blessings that come from being embodied, right? Because you've shown the universe and you've shown the divine that you're ungrateful for it. Because them people over there that are disembodied are having more fun. Okay? And so I say all of that to say, when you separate yourself from these vices, from these things that keep you disembodied, from these narratives and from these projections and from the schools of thought and the influences that want you to mimic something instead of actually being it. There's going to be, there might be some discomfort in the moment because it's world that we live in. That's not what um, society wants from us, right? They want us to be, um, <laughs> they want us to abandon ourselves so that they can tell us what we need and sell it to us, right? So that they can manipulate our behavior and keep us disempowered because we feel like we have to go through certain things to get the things that they tell us that we need, right? Versus us being embodied and recognizing that our needs are our birthrights to have met 
I said that weird, that it is our birthright to have our needs met. And then operating knowing that, right? With the confidence in that. So much so that you don't even feel like you got to go through a middleman for it, right? It's different. It's a different world. It's a different interaction. You a different person. You a different being. When you're attuned in that way, there's a different type of power when you're attuned that way. And so society says, we don't need a whole bunch of them running around. And the ones that do, we going to make, we going to sweat so that it looks like they're weird. <laughs> We're going to sweat so that it looks like they're fucked up, right? Mm. <clears throat> or we're going to make it look so difficult and so unattainable that people don't want to go that route. And, and we see that with everything, right? When people talk about eating healthy, when people talk about exercising and all of these things and saving money and what you can do to um, create generational wealth and yada, yada, and blase, blase. Um, is there a lot of mimicry going on in, that, in those worlds? Absolutely. But also, it seem, it always seems so inaccessible, and that's why people don't do it. And a lot of times, it is inaccessible. There are actual um, barriers put in place to create an accessibility if you're not attuned and connected enough to source to know that you don't necessarily have to go through that middleman. There's another way that you can get these needs met, right? And advocate for other people to get their needs met and help other people get their needs met. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> I hope that made sense to you guys. I'm going to be honest. While I was talking to you, I got really fired up because I was having a lot of revelations about my own experiences <laughs> and various things that um, I've been trying to work through and figure out. So, um, yeah, I got a little bit fired up. <laughs> but no, I, I honestly, I'm pretty sure on like the last couple podcasts, I shared just a prescription for um, grounding yourself and getting back in your body, right? But it's all very simple stuff. Pray, meditate, really, it starts there. Right. Pray and meditate. Pray and meditate. Right. Fasting along with those, like those are really prayer, meditation, fasting, being disciplined with those things and being obedient with the insights you receive from those things. That's really your, there we go right there. That's the, <laughs> That's the Holy Trinity. That is a Holy Trinity right there, right? But doing the things that you need to do to shift yourself in a higher vibration, right? And knowing who you are and what you are, right? And building that stuff into your regular practice. 
whether that's drinking water, exercising, getting getting enough sleep, getting outside, just moving your body, even if it's not exercise in the way that we know exercise, just moving your body, right? Allowing your energy to flow through you the way that it needs to. Um, all of that mentally, having mental clarity, being able to label your emotions, being able to sit with your emotions so that they can communicate to you. Um, all of these things will help you to tolerate being embodied and to recognize what being embodied means, right? And getting rid of these vices, beloved. And again, the underlying energy, right? What is happening when you go and engage in these vices? I love chocolate. And when I find myself eating, this is a very good example. I uh, had a job that was very, very, very stressful for a number of reasons. Like, not necessarily stressful in the... mm, And the way that people think when they think about a stressful job, it was a lot of stuff that was going on around that particular job. But I would come home. I had a craving for chocolate, which I always had. And I wanted something crunchy and I wanted something cold, right? And so in my mind, I had settled on Snickers ice cream bars because it had all of that. It had the chocolate, it had the crunch, and it had the coldness and the creaminess of the ice cream. All of these things I was kind of craving and so I get a little Snickers ice cream bar I like this about a little six-pack or whatever and then I noticed that I was going through these things like I would come home from work eat two or three at a time right I'm not I'm not guessing <laughs> literally would eat two or three of them things at a time and it got to a point where I had to be like yeah what the fuck is going on Like, (laughs) am I stress eating? (laughs) And I had to really examine where that behavior was coming from. What do I need that I'm craving these things? What do these cravings mean? What is this orienting me to? Right? And then because I was able to um, do that self-reflection, I could break the behavior. Now, here's the thing. It's sugar and it's chocolate. Two things that your body can become addicted to, right? So there's a reason why I'm craving these things. So I've developed this behavior, right? And then it did. I don't know how long it went on for. I would say this was at least like from maybe the end of October, November up until like last month is when I was like, nah, I'm cutting this shit out, right? Um, well, no, I think it was before that, but I'll, I'll get to that later. But, um, so once I did that reflection and I kind of identified what the problem was, I identified where the cravings were coming from and I decided that I was going to do something different. My body was used to having the chocolate and having the sugar. My body was used to when you eat one, you eat three, right? And so I had to break mentally I had to do it emotionally I had to do it spiritually I had to do it but because my body was involved I had to tolerate the things that would happen in my body when I when I said we are not doing this pattern anymore because my body wanted more chocolate 
my body wanted more sugar, right? And so even when I said, oh, I'm going to stop buying the Snickers ice cream bars, we started getting milkshakes a lot more. I started buying other types of chocolate. Also, those Ferrero Rocher chocolates, love them. I started buying them a little bit more. I started buying bags of M&Ms when I went to Target a little bit more. And if you know me, you know I be in Target. <laughs> and so I started to like eat more of that. So even though I wasn't, um, this is where I talk about mimicry, right? So even though I decided I can't keep eating all this ice cream, I can't keep eating all these Snickers ice cream bars, until I really got to the root of what was going on, I didn't, the behavior just shifted, right? The manifestations just kind of shifted around, but it wasn't until I got to what was going on at the root that I could actually adjust my behavior accordingly. And that's what I mean about being disembodied, right? Because I could have mimicked it and just kind of shifted the energy around to somewhere else. Or I could have gave up because I was getting headaches because I wasn't consuming. Chocolate has caffeine, right? And I also, aside from like that Snickers ice cream bar and stuff, I also really, really like dark chocolate, which has a lot of caffeine. And if you've ever had to detox from caffeine or even sugar, you know you get headaches. And I, excuse me, I have a history with migraines, which is a whole other conversation. But I have a history with migraines. And so I'm having headaches now because I have been consuming all of this chocolate and all of this sugar. And my body's like, yo, what's going on? And I have to push through the headaches. I could have very easily gone to get a piece of chocolate, right? I could have just said F it and kept eating it, right? Or something that I do in my house, if we do buy snacks, this is all I'm buying for whatever amount of time. So if we eat it all in one day, we're not getting more. We're not going to go to the store and get more. And really sticking to that, being disciplined with that, because I knew that the way I was consuming was not authentic. I knew that it was not in my highest good. So I had to go through the discomfort that came from shifting from being inauthentic to being authentic, from being disembodied to being embodied. The same thing happens in your relationships, right? People may get used to you behaving a certain way. So then when you shift, it causes a bit of a rift, right? That Don't let that sway you. That's what happens when you make a home out of being disembodied. Right, everything learns how to operate around that. Everything adjusts and adapts, right? But just as they can adapt to you being disembodied, they can adapt to you being embodied. And and you you don't you don't lose anything that is in your highest good when you're embodied. Okay? You only lose things that are not aligned with that frequency and you may not like it because of what it looks like on the surface because of what those relationships look like or what that thing looks like or tastes like or whatever on the surface 
that's why you have to understand the underlying energy that I'm embodied. I'm being authentic right now. And I can't, we not on the same frequency when I'm being authentic. And I value my path and being authentic more than I value being connected to or engaged with this person or this thing or this place or whatever. But you can't get there if you're allowing vices to regularly take you out of your body and if you cannot tolerate the discomfort of making the shift. So when you look at behaviors you want to change, there is something in there that's going to be uncomfortable when you're making the shift. And you got to be able to tolerate that. Okay? So, uh, this this was a long episode, guys. <laughs> If you made it this far, I love you. I F with you the super duper long way. Okay. Um, I do truly hope that that was helpful to you guys. Um, I hope that you feel empowered um, towards something that you had previously felt blocked on, that you had previously felt confused about, that you have previously felt plagued with, I pray that this empowers you to move in uh, the right direction as it regards to that thing. And um, yeah, Big blessings. <laughs> oh, I'm not done. This is the last thing that I wanted to say. This is why I, I feel like if I had a script, <laughs> this would go so much smoother. But <clears throat> one of the reasons that I, I know now that we have been directed time and time again over the last couple months to get back in your body and to eliminate vices is because there's a window opening. There's a portal opening, right? And there's so it's so crazy because even when I'm doing this, I can feel it in my hands. I can feel my hands heating up and I'm not even touching my hands. But I'm a massive channel of abundant blessings in any form that you can imagine beyond your wildest wildest imagination is opening up and the only way that you can get in and fit in and when I say fit in like fit in the space um and reap the benefits of it is if you are aligned, you gotta be on your channel. You gotta be on your home frequency so that you don't miss it. You have to be. Don't look at the behavior. Don't look at what it looks like externally to anybody. Don't look at that. Focus on your home frequency and your own alignment and doing the things that you know to be in that channel. And if you keep doing that, you're going to slip and fall. 
Ha! The things you're going to slip into. The things you're going to slip into beyond all of the things that you imagined and great, sir. Things that are just a feeling. Things that we don't even have the language to fully describe and understand cognitively you understand spiritually and on a soul level on a subtle energy level you can feel it buzzing that that type of abundance is what i'm saying but you gotta be on your right channel you gotta be at your home frequency this ain't about nobody else this ain't about putting on a show for people this ain't about meeting nobody's expectations this isn't about respectability this is not about social regard or success or um, any of that. It's not about any of that. None of that. None of that matters. None of it matters. Well, let me let me not say it doesn't matter. It's not the indicator, right? That's not the indicator. And anything that what I can say is anything that feels. Um, very, very like comfortable in the moment, that's not quite it either. Because I was just telling you, unless of course you have made a practice of being embodied up until this point, right? Then you want to stay embodied. But most of us aren't. I'm keep it real, be included. Most of us have not made a practice of that and we're just getting to that now. And so there's some discomfort that comes with it, right? There are some things that you know you should be doing that you know you shouldn't be doing, some places you know you should be, you know you shouldn't be. But when you try to move around and when you try to shift and when you try to make it work, it feels like, I don't know, I don't know, right? It's going to happen because your environment has adjusted to you being disembodied. So you cannot look at the response from your environment and telling you what it means to be on your home frequency yet. But if you do it now, soon you will know. If you get in line now, soon you will know, okay? And, I will, and I'm going to say this. Again, I'm speaking to me in some ways. Like, the window will come back around, but this is a different type of window, right? And you... When you do what you're supposed to do, the universe makes, makes way to meet you. But the more you prolong, the more it feels like your work is jam-packed, right? Like, it's like when you have a project and if you work on a little bit, you work on a little bit, you work on a little bit and you get it turned in, it doesn't feel as stressful as if you wait till the week before and you're ripping around, running, trying to figure it all out. We all have a lot of work to do, right? In the same way I talk about... um the discomfort of being disembodied, however long you've been disembodied or how, um, what's the word I want to use? How significant that disembodiment and inauthenticity is, right? If it's just in terms of you not drinking enough water, you increasing your water intake is not going to do too much disruption. You might pee a little bit more for a while, right? <laughs> But it's not going to do too much disruption, right? But if you've been in um, abusive relationships, toxic relationships, right? If you've been neglecting your body, if you've been neglecting your health, if you've been neglecting your relationships with your children, if you've been neglecting your own mental health, if you have been 
um, avoiding financial responsibilities, right? Um, if you ain't been cleaning your house, these are things that when you go to correct them, the longer that you wait, the greater the downstream problems are. So it's more that you got to work through to fix. And I say that to say, if this resonates with you, don't wait. Start wherever you need to start. Whatever feels most accessible to you right now, that's what you start with. But don't wait because the longer that you wait to do that, the more difficulty that you have. That is what everything, and you know it's true because you see it universally, right? The longer you wait to address it, the more complex it will be to rectify. And so this isn't about like not coming into your blessings because as long as you're alive, as long as you have another day, you have another opportunity. So I'm not saying, oh, you need to get this done by this eclipse or you need to get this done by this equinox or you need to get this done by when this is in this sign, whatever it may be, right? Because the opportunity will always come back around. You always have a chance to shift um, into your home frequency and stay in your home frequency and be aligned with your destiny. As long as you're alive, as long as you have a soul, you can never miss that, right? But how complex and how challenging those changes are depends on how long you procrastinate, okay? So if you hear this and it resonates with you, then do what you need to do. Do what you know you need to do. Start wherever you need to start. Make some different choices so that you can stay in your home frequency, so you can stay clear, okay? So yes, I hope that was helpful to y'all and... um. I'm praying for all of us. <laughs> I say us on purpose. <laughs> ah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm praying for all of us. And um, the last thing I want to say, I usually say this at the top, but I, I really hope that if you're listening to this, if you made it this far, bless your heart. Bless your heart and your body and your mind and your life if you made it this far. But I really hope that you are good, beloved. And if you are not good, I pray for you the time and the space and the the clarity to be able to recognize and move toward that what will help you be good. Because um, there's a whole lot going on right now. Life is life and in a whole lot of different ways. And if you're not good, that's okay. And I pray that um, you're able to recognize your needs and have them met in an authentic and efficient way. Um, that's my prayer for you. I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Y'all be blessed.